we make a good team. We cancel each other out. Yeah, for sure. Well, and you. I feel like I'm the little kid with the backpack on, like trying to run, run up to the door, or run out and put the blind out. And Dave's like, "Hang on, wait a second. Let's talk this thing through." Welcome to the DSD podcast. I'm your host, Dave Smith. And my partner, Brad, my co-host, is not with me today. Brad, unfortunately, had a slight surgery, a, de- a deviated septum. His septum has deviated from the norm. And, uh, oh my gosh, already my my guest is cracking up. Wow, that was easy. I, I have my guest cracking up. Uh, so that, that was good. That was a good way to break the ice. Cheap so. date. Uh, Brad is not with us today. Poor Brad. He had surgery so that hopefully he'll be able to sleep, sleep better. And, uh, this is my first time doing this on my own. So, you know, I'm probably going to totally blow it. But anyways, my guest today at the last minute, I had to find somebody. I was really, really desperate. We couldn't find a real guest. So we ended up with (laughs) my hunting partner, Justin Kazmaier. Insert applause here. Justin, are you still talking to me after that? Hi, Mom. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Okay. Anyone else you want to get a shout out to since this is your 15 minutes of fame, your first time on No, I don't really have any sponsors or anything like that to thank. Um, But (laughs) I I knew you guys were pretty desperate um, since we're sitting here at 9.30 p.m. Thursday evening, and the podcast is supposed to come out tomorrow morning. <laughs> yeah, well, um, you were actually... I'm just actually... kidding. It's, it's, it's not, that was a joke. Yeah, no, I, I, it was very believable. You, oh, you're very desperate, but it's not actually Thursday evening. <laughs> no, actually, we've been wanting you as our guest for, for the longest time. I'm hard we, to pin down. We just, yeah, you know, it's like... I'm a mover and a shaker. Yeah, so... So, so Justin is my good friend and he lives, he lives in the town that I live in and, uh, he's my hunting partner and we have done a lot of hunting and fishing together. Uh, we've done archery elk hunts. We've done some epic archery elk hunts. Um, Justin's called in a giant bull for me and I actually made a good shot. I didn't let you down. Um, we've had some awesome archery antelope hunts. Uh, Justin is the one, I don't know if you've heard the famous story of the, the yellow colored bird that I shot that landed on top of a white car. Uh, Justin was the one that was apologizing like crazy and kind of putting the charm on and flirting with the ladies that were in the car and wiping the blood off their car with his sleeve and smoothing that over for me. Uh, Justin is uh, a waterfall. Can, uh, can I just... Yeah, you you have a, is that a my you, you got your version of the story. Yeah. Okay. What happened? Yeah. Well, let's hear. Well, I I just like to say that we would have never been in that situation had you let me shoot the bird, which is kind of a, a cop out because you should never let another person shoot a collar. But it was technically like I thought I had a free go at that flock. You saw the bird. You sat up. You shot it. You know what? <clears throat> I got nothing. You are absolutely right on that, and I'm Thank I'm you. dead serious about that because. That bird was coming from the right, and you're left-handed, mm-hmm. and I, I, I have regrets about that mm-hmm. all the time. I'm, should, ser- I'm dead serious should. about that because that. So my, in my experience with collar hunting, it's always been that if you see a collar, you have to get up and yes, shoot it. I you agree. just have to. And yeah. so I, I'm just so that's just my instinct and everything like that. And I'd give anything to have that back because that could have been your bird so easy. And I had already shot a yellow collar that day, and. Uh, 
um, you know, that was just one of those things. I'll, I'll probably <laughs> spend my entire life trying to make make that up up to you, but I, I did totally blow it on that. That's one. okay. I'm I'm mainly giving you grief. The story <laughs> means more to me than the collar would on the shelf. Yeah, but it you're was right. pretty epic. I was frantically trying to wipe the blood off of the Mercedes with my Gore-Tex <laughs> Sitka jacket, and I just smeared it everywhere. Yeah, it was amazing how how kind those people were and how yeah. forgiving. You think like, you're was... out of refuge, much people with cameras you're you're not really with the right crowd but they were especially very, when they're very were, understanding yeah they were especially when they were in a circle around it and wasn't there a little kid like saying yeah like, he, he, he literally said mommy what happened to that bird and she should have said she should have said well these nice men here are going to eat it but uh no no, no i no. thought you were going to say she should have said these assholes over here shot it yeah, yeah that's true yeah <laughs> So, I, I didn't know anyways. what we're if we're allowed to say that. Um, so more about Justin. Uh, he's a he's a phenomenal salmon fisherman. Uh, he hunts with both rifle and and bow for turkeys, big game, and uh, he's a great. Justin is a great duck hunter. He is a great duck hunter and is a great duck caller. And you've had a lot of success in duck calling contests. You've won the Oregon State duck calling contest like more than once, haven't you? Three times to be Three exact. times. But Three I times. wouldn't say phenomenal salmon fisherman. Above average. Well, um, okay. I, I'm a jack of all trades, master of none. Yeah, that's 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 a good that's a good that's a good good way yeah. to be, honestly. So, uh, and then let's see, the the last the most recent hunt that you've been on, yeah, is Klamath Falls. That's one of your favorite hunts, snow and speck hunt. Yeah, Klamath Falls and and. Uh, that was with our good friend Corbin. Yep, Corbin, Corbin Bocard, Bocard or Bacard, however you want to say it. Yeah, and uh, and he even messes with us on the pronunciation of his last name. Yeah, we don't really. I still don't know. Brandon, how to, how to Brandon Eckert. Brandon else? Eckert, my uh, my yeah, my team Tyler. calling partner. Yeah, and uh, and Dusty Brown. Right on. This last year. And how was that? Um, it was pretty. It was pretty epic. Um. The, the, we got there, and the first afternoon we set up, we put out a, a, a pretty solid spread of the new snows, which was my first time hunting over them, along with some of the specs. And um, Dusty and Brandon and I shot limits of specs, 10 birds a guy, um, like taking turns and just the craziest, craziest decoy I've ever seen on that hunt in 13 years of going down there over those white decoys awesome kind of piggybacking on trevor last week he said how the the specs react to those white decoys and there is something to that and then will you and um will you say on the record that i didn't pay you to say that is that official <laughs> or <laughs> yeah no i'm not paying i'm not paying you no okay, that's all yeah no no i was right. not paid to say that that actually <laughs> happened yeah, well, I even what's what's weird about that is I even heard about that. That got around to me from people who probably you don't even know that were down there. So there was a little bit of a buzz. I'm in, kind of a big deal. <laughs> yeah, exactly. People know me. A little. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. That that was that was pretty cool for me hearing about hearing about these guys that just obliterated the snows and specks down there. And then kind of putting it all together and realizing, oh crap, yeah, that was you, that yeah. was you guys, and with DSDs, yeah. So that was that was cool, that was rewarding. So I like that. More of that, please. So um, one thing about you that uh, when I when I think of 
of you and your hunting, um, you have an amazing ability to get permission. Like in, whenever we go to any any house where I'm scared to death, you yeah, because you know I hate people, yeah, and uh, I'm mm -hmm. an introvert, and I just you know work in this little dungeon Artists. over here yeah. by myself. And so you are super outgoing, and uh, you have a really really good ability to get permission. And what you know what what would you say? Um, is your is your reason for having good success and and what advice would you give people if they're trying to get permission well uh to start i would say that i'm just i'm just not um scared to die you know <laughs> i'm pretty uh pretty fearless you just i mean i just assume that um everybody you know for the most part is is is, is chill and you know taking a page out of your book I don't wear camo. We wear we usually wear jeans, or if we are hunting and gonna knock on doors afterwards, we bring a change of clothes. Um, if you have a wife or a kid, bring them. Just I, you know, COVID during COVID right now, it's kind of weird. But knock on the door, back up a ways, wave, smile, be nice to the dogs. Um, yeah. But yeah, for the most part, just uh, the no trespassing signs. Just don't worry about them. They're they're to keep keep bad guys away. You're not a bad guy. Yeah. Just go up to oh, the door, good. knock, be nice, and uh, worst they can say is no. Yeah. 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 You're fearless is a good, good description. And I, and also you be. I know that you're charming. Like I, I've heard you say. Like I, I'll be like, oh my god, this this lady has elk on her property and everything like that. And you're like, oh geez, an elderly woman. Like they love me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't know that I've ever. Said you have that. said exactly oh, that. Boy. And I believe that you. He's just joking, mom. Too, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um, you're kind of putting it out there. Well, and then you <laughs> talked about, uh, you know, you're, you don't think that we're going to die. And that, that reminds me of the time that we oh, boy. we tried to get permission uh, down in a spot for turkeys in Southern Oregon. And yeah. Do you remember what I'm talking about? The, uh, yeah, the, I can't the, forget. Mufon guy yeah, or whatever? Yeah, Mufon guy. <laughs> I don't even remember that very well, but I just remember... Thanking God that we yes. left there in, you know, not severed in the pieces. Thank you, Lord. So we're down in Southern Oregon and we see some strutters and some hens running around uh, this property and this guy's outside mowing his yard. So we stop and uh, kind of flag him over. He seems really normal at first take. <laughs> for the first 30 seconds. For the, for, for the first, yeah, 30 seconds. And he comes over, and we kind of um, we kind of pleaded our case, like, hey, you know, turkey hunting, you know, would you ever consider letting letting anybody do anything like that out here? And and we're just kind of talking, and, and he goes, he goes, oh, I get it. He goes, you guys, you boys are from Mufon. <laughs> <laughs> and, and we were just like, what the hell yeah, are you talking about? And uh, I and. You know, we're, we're like Mufon, like the uh, like Mouflon, like like the sheep. And he goes, "No, Mufon. Where did you say you guys were from?" And we said, "Oh, we're, we're from like you know up west of Portland." And he said, "Oh no, you're from Mufon in McMinnville." Yeah. And yeah. and we still, for the life of us, had no idea what he was talking about. And then he then it got weird. Then it got weird. Yeah. And uh, wasn't I on the wrong side of the fence? Wasn't I on yeah. his side of the fence? That's what but was that's, so okay. scary. He had earmuffs on. On the doing the lawnmower, yeah. and so I kind of walked out there to flag him down, 
And then I was on I was on the opposite side of the chain link fence from. It was Dave. a tall fence, like a deer fence, like a deer fence. Yep. Yep. And then he started he started saying how he actually used to hunt turkeys and deer, and then it got a little boring for him, and he yeah. had to move on to something more challenging. Yep. Yeah. And he has was it like sixty three fifty seven? He said now he hunts the real enemy. Now he hunts the real enemy. And Still he had like six, 67 confirmed kills. Sends chills down my spine to and, this day. And we're like, and we're like okay, dude, yeah, what in the yeah. fuck are you talking about? <laughs> what, what, is, what is the the real enemy? And um, and all of his kills were hand-to-hand combat. He doesn't yeah. use a weapon. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And at that point, I was thinking, okay, my friend Justin is going to get butt-raped at knife, at knife point. <laughs> and... and He's gonna get sawed up into pieces and be in the in the back of a white van, and I'm gonna have to try to get yeah. out of here and then try to yeah. try to explain yeah. to his parents what, right. what happened. As much as I like to think I can handle myself, he probably would have got me. Well, especially since hand to hand combat. Hello, <laughs> sixty seven confirmed kills. Yeah. yeah, but okay, my honest- record is like thirteen and <laughs> yeah. oh. Yeah. Okay, so honestly, what in the flying fuck? was he talking about well we didn't know at the time but we came home and i did some research turns out mufon stands for mutual ufo network oh they my actually hold like like conventions and things like that throughout the year and uh it's generally about ufos and aliens so i assume he's finding aliens or maybe even like demons Cuckoo, yeah, cuckoo. yeah. Um, it, it, what, okay, what was really weird about the situation is like, usually if 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 you're dealing with somebody on drugs or who's schizophrenic or something, like you can instantly t- tell that they're kind of they're they're not really with it. But this guy, it, had he not brought the subject up, was completely normal. Yeah, and he was being dead serious, and he wasn't wavering in his details. And he was he was selling us on the he one hundred percent believed what he one hundred percent believed what he was talking about, which yeah. made it that much more creepy. Yeah, that was well, and that part of the world that was Southern Oregon, that is sort of a place we don't where we want to alienate anybody. But yeah, we don't want to alienate on that particular anybody. road. There's some yeah, there's some characters. So yeah, we'll there's say, been we'll a say, few others. We'll say too. Yeah, yeah, that the one lady that said that she would give us permission as long as we spread the word about about chemtrails chemtrails that's obama yeah just trying to kill everybody and all and the jury's stuff. still out on that one yeah and, the and we got yeah. some, and we got some free barbecue sauce on that road after giving those people a jump yeah that's right yeah yeah but we come to find out that i think a lot of people that have been exiled out of california mm-hmm. move move to that area yeah and to just get away from everybody which is kind of too bad because it'd be kind of nice to live down there so but anyways, we made it out alive, and uh, you you're not in a freezer somewhere. We're here to tell they, the tale. They didn't. They didn't. Nobody skinned you and made a lampshade out of you. <laughs> it or, puts the lotion on the skin. Yeah, exactly. A little precious and stuff. Um, <laughs> but but so what about? Let's talk about other hunts. Let's talk about more pleasant hunts. Actual hunts. Okay. Like I was thinking about like the first, the first, the first like real epic hunt that that we went on together. Oh. Can I can I start this one out? Absolutely, because right. you know you know how I you know how I'm getting a little bit up there in years. Yeah, as you point as you well you ha- you're not shy at all about pointing that out. Right. So I don't remember the 
be as quite as good yeah. as you. So. so Dave's old enough now that we get the uh, senior citizen discount on our blizzards at Dairy Queen after we after we turkey hunt. So how come that, you, you, how guys you can never just told Google me that. that? And he's, yeah, I, he's I didn't older know that. than that. Yeah. Um, so that was actually my first year turkey hunting. I I found um, an area, got permission on a few properties, and I didn't own any turkey decoys. Dave actually let me borrow some and. I went out and I uh, shot my first bird and, you know, and Dave and I had kind of said, well, hey, like, you know, he said, take the decoys, go hunt, and then maybe we can go out together once you get one. And and we did that. So I was scouting and I found a group of, group of toms and one of them just looked like quite a bit bigger than the others. Like I could just tell, like he had a pretty nice beard and like I couldn't see his spurs or anything. He seemed kind of a taller grass field. And I just remember telling Dave, like, hey, I, like, I, don't, I don't really know anything about these things, but I think I've got these birds patterned, and there's, there's one in here that's, like, that's a pretty, pretty dang nice bird. And, and this is a these particular properties were, were archery only. And, um, and so I, it was Dave's turn to shoot, and we got out there in the afternoon, as we like to do. We had, we had the birds pretty well dialed, and we let them kind of, kind of go do their thing. And we set up the uh, quarter strut Jake and some hens and the and the pop up blind. Mm-hmm. And I was filming. You can take it from here. Well, what all I remember? Well, first of all, I remember at one point I was thinking that this is, is it's not going to happen. Yeah, like we got to go. We got to go home. We got to go home. Let's go get some work done or whatever. And you talked us into staying. Yep. And uh, you know it, it is kind of hard sometimes when you're trying to get a lot of work done and stuff like that. And, and you know, you're, you're not, you don't see any hope of any action and stuff like that. You want to be as efficient, as efficient as you can, but well, and just to give some context, like our closest turkey hunting spots are like an hour and a half away from yeah, home. That's right. So yeah. it's, it's a pretty big commitment to yeah. even just go for an afternoon. We have like a three hour plus yep. round trip. Yeah, exactly. So, but I just remember we're sitting there and, and as I remember it, um, all of a sudden, like, here were these here are these heads through the grass. We can see these heads coming. A hen. And there was a hen. hen yeah. Yep. It was a hen hen first. She was leading all of them. And then three toms behind her. And one of them they were all big. They were yeah. all big. But yeah. one of them was just just a slob, just a magnum compared to all the others. And the the hen didn't pay too much attention to our decoys. Not really. Quick look, um, kept on going yeah, by. Yep. And then the, the, the Toms, though, they just couldn't stand it. Like, they, they wanted to follow that hen. And I remember <laughs> the best thing that happened was you were actually kind of nervous. Oh, you, I, was, you, I was super excited. Yeah, you were super excited. I wasn't excited. shooting, but I was And that, that actually calmed me down. Like, yeah. I, that, and it's funny how, that, how many times that's happened, like, with us and stuff like that. If one or the other is super excited, then the, and the shooter, if the shooter has to calm down the person filming, then it's, it's good things are going to happen. But I just remember you were like super excited. And I was just, okay, calm down. Like, okay, we're going to pick one out. Like, we're going to make a good shot here, you know. <laughs> and uh, uh, and that and then they came in and they they just, they looked at the hen that was walking away. And they then they looked at, at our Jake and our hen. And they looked back at the hen and then finally they're just like, we're going to go deal with we this. We have to like, deal with this Jake. Yeah, yeah, we can't, we can't not, we can't let this, you know, happen. So they came over and just started absolutely pummeling the decoy. And the big, the biggest Tom was the one who took took control over all the others, and he was just jumping, jumping like crazy on the decoy and stuff. And we could see that he had multiple beards. Yeah, well, they're probably like 
what, like 11, 12 feet away. Yeah, they yeah. were super close. Yeah, super Multiple close. beards, mm-hmm. big, long beards, lots mm-hmm. of them uh, with big like space in between each beard and absolutely gigantic spurs and just a huge body. And this is my second turkey hunt ever. So <laughs> I, 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 I knew that this bird was big just from seeing it scouting, but I had no idea what we were, yeah. what we were dealing with. Yeah, and I had on a Magnus bullhead. Yeah, and so, um, you know, you 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 kind of got to make a good shot there and stuff. I mean, the beauty of those is that if you don't if you don't make a good shot, mm-hmm. if it's a clean miss, sometimes you do get a second shot, which is really cool. Um, but you know, he just had that. He had one moment there where he just paused for one second. You know how they do with their neck stretched out mm-hmm. and everything, and I'm like funk, let it go, and just his head just came clean off and that was that and he is an absolute giant yeah he shattered the the bow and shotgun state record and in we NWTF, measured yeah. yeah nwtf and we 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 measured him up and sent him in he had really really big spurs four beards and he wasn't wasn't really heavy yeah it, it was, was the, really it was heavy. the, it was the beards and, and spurs and then, uh, and then you got the state record. It was a state, certified state record with well, overall. And then, like two days later, after posting it on on Facebook, yeah, you got a message from a gentleman a guy saying who he shot a bigger one shot, with a shotgun. Like, shot yeah. one with like six or seven beards. So yeah, it's still the archery state record and number two overall. Yeah, and for a while it was the number three, um, number three archery Rio in NWTF records. Like wow. the, the um, and I don't know where it is now, five or six or seven, but. Uh, that was a really cool bird, and it was re- that was really super fun. And I, I, I owe you big time. Tried to pay you back for that ever since, and I don't think I ever have. So, but you did shoot a big antelope out of my blind. So that's true. Yeah. So, um, how about your how about your hunt that I just saw pictures of it um, on social media the other day? <laughs> the one didn't you didn't you do? Uh, like a strutter sneak with like th- three people or something like yeah. that. What yeah, what was that? We were, we were pretty, <laughs> we were pretty desperate. Um, I wasn't on this one. No, so Dave and I almost exclusively hunt turkeys together, and this particular weekend he didn't want to come. I took my friend JD and and, and my other friend Steve, and we um, we hunted for a couple days. It was pretty tough, and on the last morning there was a pretty big flock of birds with three toms out in the middle of this low spot of this field i called and got permission and um it was kind of late morning and we you know our, our only play really was to try to reap them or strutter sneak whatever you want to call it mm-hmm. and there was three of us and there was three of those toms and so i said well it's just crazy enough it, it might work never having tried anything like it before and uh, so we put the fans on the back of the decoys and we army crawled a few hundred yards and uh, those birds, we got close enough that they we got well under a hundred yards and they saw us and they just, they came like charging, charging. Yeah. And um, I called the shot when the closest bird was like pretty much past my gun barrel. Yeah. And um which I, the whole thing, it was just hard to, it was hard to process. It was happening yeah. so fast. It was like fun and funny and almost scary. <laughs> and then I was like, well, I got to call a shot at some point. And the grass was too long. We couldn't shoot underneath the decoys. So we had to like get up to our knees, right? Yeah. Which, which you think you can do pretty fast, but the way the birds react, you know, they can, they scatter pretty quick. But Steve and JD made great shots. And my, my bird kind of jumped up to the right, 
hit the ground, ran to the left, and then I roll I rolled him. And he was on his back, kicking his feet, spurs up, whole deal, and um I mean like less than ten feet away. And so we're thinking done deal. We put our guns down and we're hugging. Oh, hugging and high fiving the whole I can't believe it worked. I'm so so excited. I got these guys some birds and everything. And then all of a sudden I see this horrified look on, on Steve's face and I turn around and all I just see my bird booking it like towards these blackberries. And I can't believe it because I've never lost a turkey yeah. with, with a gun. Yeah. I just, especially shooting it that close. And I was pretty, pretty sure I made a good shot and everything. And so I'm just in disbelief and we go looking through these blackberries and everything like that. And, and, and we're, we spend a while looking for it and we can't find it at all. We look for it for like an hour and a half. And then Steve, to his credit, actually found a little bit of blood and then we found some more tracks and some more blood and we tracked it for a little while and they don't bleed much, obviously, but yeah. it, you know, and then the last blood we found was on this log that was kind of like protruding over this creek. And it's not a, it's, it's, it's not a small creek, but it's not, it's not like a river, but the it's, current is absolutely, it's, yeah, it it's high. probably 20 feet across and it's probably six or seven feet deep and it is raging. Yeah. I seen the video. Yeah. And, um, and I kind of just sat there and we, we sort of processed the situation and I realized like, well, like I knew this bird was, was pretty hurt and I had to try to do it justice. And so, um, I took my phone out of my pocket and everything like that. And I, I dove in, I swam the Creek and I thought like, Oh, a couple arm strokes, I'm going to be across this thing. And I get, I'm swimming as, as hard as I can. And I probably in two seconds get swept down yeah. 12 to 15 feet down the Creek <laughs> and I get out and then, um, and then my friend JD, who, um, who was a uh, third-string quarterback on his JV high school football team as a senior, threw me, uh, threw me my shotgun, uh-huh. and it stuck in the mud. I had to deal with that. Anyways, you track, mean barrel first. Yeah, the barrel first. Oh yeah, of course, <laughs> of course, barrel first. Yeah, uh, that sounds safe. Yeah, totally. Uh, and anyway, so I'm, I'm in this marshy, swampy area looking for sign. I can't find anything. And I, I get out to this fence line in this winter wheat, wheat field. And I can tell the bird's not in this winter wheat field because it's really, really short. And I start following tracks down this, this sandy area along the fence. And I follow them for 150, 200 yards. And I kind of lose tracks, but I'm looking to my left and my right. And I don't see the bird anywhere. I just assume he went really far. I go a really long ways and kind of give up and turn around. And on my way back, I was like, okay, I got to... I got to look again where I saw like last, last tracks and yeah. he was dropping a feather here and there and everything. And, um, anyway, I, I start coming up to where I see the last track and I look over and, and he had, he had kind of laid down, uh, like six feet on the other side of the fence. And, um, I was able to get him able to make the retrieve and then had to get him and my gun and everything back across the Creek. Was but, he, was he dead or no, was... he was alive. Oh, okay. Yeah. He was fully alive. He had just, he'd gone as far as he could go and he laid down. Um, well, that's a pretty, pretty that's, epic. Retrieve. That's a, yeah, yeah. That, that's a good recovery too. Like, yeah. So, you know, that's, we, we think of, of doing that a lot with deer uh, and elk, you know, you just, just, and Scott, you know, Scott's here too. Or, um, you know, we just put in as much effort as, as it takes mm-hmm. to find a deer. Like if you, if you make a bad shot or whatever like that, like that's, that's kind of a big deal. I, th- I think to really just absolutely just stick with it until you have, hundred percent reason to believe it's either dead um and you found it or it's or it's gonna yeah. fully recover well, i was like just, there's i was praying the whole entire time like because i knew yeah. i knew it was hurt yeah. i was like please just let me do this bird justice and yeah i i found him so yeah yeah that 
that reminds me of one where I was with you, um, where I made a marginal shot. And that was in Southern Oregon too. And I watched the bird fly a long, long ways away. And then I came up to it and I was watching it and it looked like it was dead. Yeah. This was a total rookie mistake. I'll never do this again as long as I live. Um, and I watched that bird for the longest time to see if I could see any any like expansion of... And I was watching you through binoculars. Yeah, yeah. and I just sat there and watched it. I was 10 feet from it at mm -hmm. one point. And I was watching and watching and watching. And I was like, t I kept telling myself, Dave, just put another arrow in it. Mm -hmm. Just put another arrow. Like, arrows are free. And... Uh, I, I would give anything to to put another arrow in it. I took another couple steps and I watched and I'm like, that's bird is absolutely not moving whatsoever. Took another couple steps and all of a sudden it just explodes up, up out of the ground. And that was, you know, it was a long time for me to, to get to it and track it and figure yeah, out where it yeah. was in the first place. And it takes off flying and I drew my bow back and it's at about 30 yards and I let an arrow go and got a poof of feathers. Uh, and then that would have been epic if I would have got it out of the out of the air, but I didn't, and that bird got away, and that made me so mad. And I've had some sense that were laying there motionless at 30, 35 yards. I put an arrow on them every time. I'm just like, I'm not taking any more chances. It's, you know, it's hard to learn those lessons, but once you learn them, you you learn them. That's for sure. Well, that's pretty cool. Like, um, I just I just saw your <laughs> the video of you <laughs> diving into the creek. Wasn't isn't that on like Instagram or Facebook right now? Yeah, I don't think I'd ever posted it before. I just put it up a couple of weeks ago. Okay. I'm starting to yeah. So people, yeah, again. yeah, people have to look for that, and and then we can all laugh together. So, um, yeah, I'm trying to think of some other fun ones that we had on. I I remember one where we were hunting, and you were up to shoot. And, um, of course, the whole flock comes in all, all at once. Like a great big huge tom and a couple other, like, slightly smaller but still pretty decent toms. Mm -hmm. And you were using a decap. You were using a – was it a solid broad, yeah. broadhead decap? Yeah, and I hadn't practiced with hadn't, it. Hadn't practiced with it, which is a mistake. Those things are really nice. Like, they're really yeah. well, well made. Huge mistake, but we just – I just assumed that – it would fly the same as the yeah. others and yeah, the was, birds would be close enough. This is a this podcast will be a good lesson on like yeah, this is like what not to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we're we're yeah. we're cutting your learning curve in half. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, we're a, a, we're we're not an example, we're a, a a warning. So, but um so I remember that that biggest tom there, you drew back mm -hmm. and you shot and, and he I, was I, really big. Yeah, he was and a really big. And just for nice the record, one. like we we take turns every other hunt yeah, when we're yep. successful. And Dave always gets the big birds. I know, it's just that the great? way it works. And he you always lets me go first at the beginning of the season. So this year, I'm like I'm switching it up. But uh, <laughs> this this bird was this bird was uh, was a magnum, and um, yeah, and I shot, and that that broadhead, I shot low and, and to the left, and it just bounced off of him. Yeah, did it bounce off of him? I couldn't remember. Yeah, if he actually, it, it, I it hit it was... him. It hit him, and he was totally fine. He didn't even oh. know what happened. Yeah, I've I've had him do, mm -hmm. do that before because of the, you just. Like, get zero penetration mm -hmm. whatsoever and stuff and, and it, so then so then it freaked, he kinda, it freaked him out enough that he kind of leaked out so yeah he kind of leaked out so there were several other toms and he leaked out to the side and another one presented me with a good shot and they made a pretty good shot yeah but then i was feeling like super because this place is like a three-hour drive one yeah. way from our yeah. house and and uh and the we, we knew that there was a whole bunch of toms there and this is probably our only time we we're gonna hunt it so I was feeling super bad that I kind of blew our chance at a double. 
Um, but Dave's like super excited. I'm feeling guilty. He's really excited. I, I actually got one. And, and so we're kind of like high-fiving and trying to be quiet and everything in the blind still. And all of a sudden we hear like thump, thump. Thump, thump. Well, we're looking at yeah. kind of the back of the blind yeah. or whatever yeah, like that. What, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, it seems like, yeah, we had, I don't know. Yeah, that it was... was probably about a minute or two. Yeah. And we thought the hunt was over. And oh, we for like, sure. Well, at least we got one. Yeah. And then all of a sudden we heard something hitting the decoy. Yeah. And, and we're just like, <laughs> freeze. Yeah, we freeze. Turn and, around. Yeah. And I don't have my bow ready or anything Nothing. like that. And this, this, this two-year-old Tom, who it was late to the party and hadn't seen seeing everything else go down he was yeah. just thumping the jake decoy yeah and i was just like oh sounds good to me yeah and I, I did i have to put on my release and stuff like that like i can't remember, I can't like, remember. it seems like i don't know why i was just thinking that it was just totally over but uh i ended up making a good shot mm-hmm. on him and, and we so doubled. that was super fun luck like, lucky double yeah, yeah that was really 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 fun that was that was a good one like i'd like some more Let's talk about some of the times that you blew it for us. (laughs) Uh, Well, we can edit those out. Okay. All right. Um, Times that I blew it. Well, I remember remember one. This one really hurts. Um, Hurts me more than it hurts you. (laughs) Maybe you should tell the story again because I don't don't remember all the details, but I remember a giant, giant, giant Merriam's. Yeah. Then uh, you kept saying like it could have been a – probably a state record to this day i know it would have been yeah it was an absolute slob it i would have got that bird mounted in a heartbeat Mm -hmm. and that bird was stubborn and really difficult like yeah he just wasn't having it he wasn't having it with any of our calling Mm -hmm. or decoys or anything like that we had to pull out the the full size the the tom Tom strutter which which dave dave's really conservative in his hunting and he doesn't like to be aggressive and i'm the complete opposite yeah so we balance each other out pretty well but yeah, I watched this bird for probably three seasons in a row, and um, this is an area where they first planted Merriams, and now most of them are hybrids. But this bird had a pure white fan, and I mean, he was he was really really um, a good example of of a Merriam, and he was just he didn't have a very long beard. He had huge spurs, a huge body. And I, I named him like people named deer. I named him Hefe because he's just kind of, all the other birds just stayed away from him. They didn't even, yeah. they didn't even think about messing with him. And um, anyway, we chased this bird for a couple of years and he gave us the run around and we couldn't get him killed. And then one day we saw a couple of toms at the end of this field that we thought we could sneak into. And uh, we, we knew he was in the area. We put the, we put the strutter out and, um, and Dave, Dave called a couple times, and the birds at the end of the field, they, they wouldn't come in. They could see the decoy, but they wouldn't come in. And we couldn't figure that out because there was a couple of them, two or three of them. Yeah. And we thought, like, well, they should come deal with this strutter, and they wouldn't do it. Well, then we heard some gobbling across across like up, the way on the, the hillside. Hill yeah. And that's yeah. kind of when it clicked, like, well, that's him. Yeah. And they think this is this decoy is exactly. him. And so they don't want to – they like, they, they, they know better. They're they going to stay away from him. Yeah. And so and, – and, oh, so to backtrack a little bit, David just got back from hunting in California. Uh-huh. And we kept talking about how, like, well, hunting him with a shotgun is almost almost too easy, and hunting with a, with a bow is almost too hard. But with a blind, it's kind of – you know, so he – Dave was on this – on this deal to try to get it done with it with no blind. Well, I was thinking that a shotgun is too easy, and then a bow with a blind is too easy. Yes. So, so I was on the kick. 
of yeah. Of, uh, we remember we and we did a few that way though. Yeah. The bow with no blind. Yeah. And that's kind of fun. Yeah, it's really fun. Fun encounters. And um, so that's so that was our situation. So we kind of we kind of said, okay, well, he said, well, like give give me a sign, like let me know, you know, when to draw. Because, because you were you were a little higher. I was a little higher, that. and I was calling, and I was actually filming. Yeah. And um and Dave didn't really have a great line of sight, and he was down. We, we had this little little knob kind of blocking us, and so this bird came down off this hill, came across the creek, came through the field like. He saw I the mean, strutter and that oh, was it. Yeah. He was just like this bird that we thought was undecoyable. He was just absolutely yeah, he, he had met his, met his match and he was not going to put up with it. And he came charging across the field and um, it, was, it was game over. And he was moving so fast that by the time it was safe for Dave to draw, I tapped on his shoulder. It was, the bird was really close. I couldn't talk or anything. I tapped on his shoulder thinking like, you know, I would kind of give him the sign and Dave... Well, I'll, I'll let you. Well, I don't, I don't want to throw you on the bus, but you know, I I don't like sometimes I I miss cues because my hearing is so bad. Yeah, I don't know if that was the case here, but I think <laughs> I think what what happened was I had decided in my head that like some of those some of those birds come in and they have a few moments at the beginning where they offer a pretty good shot before yeah. they start getting super, super active on the decoy. Yeah. Cause once they get really, really active on the decoy, like it's stressful and mm -hmm. it's hard. It's hard to get your bow drawn and hard to know when to shoot and stuff like that. Well, I had decided that I was going to let this bird come in and start working the decoy really well, because sometimes too, they get, they get so distracted that you, you have an opportunity to draw, to draw your bow. But you know, I, I of course, if I had to do it over again, I wish I would have just drawn my bow right when you you tapped on my shoulder. Mm -hmm. But I I remember I drew my bow. I went to draw my bow back before I saw him. Yep. And but, but my cam was high enough where he could see it. Yeah. And that was that. So as fixated as he was on the decoy, he could still in his peripheral vision see, kind of see us. Yeah. And he saw that little bit of Dave's bow, the movement and. He turned around and booked it out of there. Yeah, and then I, you know, as he was running away, I mm -hmm. remember I was stand, stood up to take a shot, and I, I've actually pulled off a few of those shots. You have, and um, but this time I was just a mess. I was mm -hmm. just a wreck. Mm -hmm. I, I, I don't even remember if I shot, but I wasn't even close. <coughs> yep. So and that, then, that was a sad story. <laughs> and then opening day the next season, he was killed by one of the landowner's family members. Yeah. Yeah, and, and we probably at, at, and not not the way you want to kill a bird. Yeah, so. ex exactly, and good good for them, and that's that's happy and stuff. But sometimes we've also had situations where a bird that really meant a lot to us didn't mean much to the landowners until they found out how excited we were about. It. Yeah, you know, they're like, and that's yeah. probably my fault. That's probably <laughs> on me. Yeah, we yeah we want to talk talk too much or whatever. But well, we've also had we've also had like some fun doubles um i remember and and some of them some of them we we try to do like sort of the like these reverse doubles try to you know we, we've had some doubles where we we just each get one with a each get one with an expandable or yep. each get one with a with a head chopper like a magnus bullhead but um do you remember the one where we we spotted these these birds out in the out in a field and they were out in the middle of a gigantic field. This was in Southern Oregon also. And I remember 
we had a little bit of a disagreement on how to set up for him. Like you wanted to try to work your way down into the trees and we would have only been like 60 or 70 yards from him. Uh-huh. And I was insisting that we could get him if we, if we were, it was several hundred yards away, Yeah. but we would have been in a clear line of sight. And for once you actually trusted me. Yeah. And actually believed me. And, um, and that's what we did. And that was a fun setup because the birds, like we're setting up while the birds are in sight and we're, you know, belly crawling. And next thing you know, you know, the pop-up blind pops up and, and then you're crawling out there and putting the decoys decoys out. out. And then now we're sitting there and we're like, okay, we're completely set up. These birds are still, they're strutting out in the middle of that giant field. And there's no hens around. No hens anywhere. Seven toms (laughs) and no hens anywhere. And it's kind of late in the season. It's just like, it's a... It's the ultimate scenario. Yeah, and it's just like okay, well, we're set up now, so it's like they how could they not come in, uh-huh. you know? And so we just call a little bit, and then just instantly, you know, you know, they're just going crazy and stuff, and strutting, and kind of some of them are charging in, and some of them, you know, strutting, we're lagging and, behind, and, and, and yeah, yeah. The, the ones that are strutting, like they're getting passed by the ones that are just running, and yeah. so then they're like, oh, screw this, I'm gonna start running. And and for whatever reason, like when we first did the setup, because I didn't think it was gonna work, I didn't even put my release on. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, so I was filming Dave shooting, and I had no release on. Yeah, and so I used I used an expandable broadhead, mm-hmm. and I really wanted to anchor a bird. Like I did not want it to go running 40 yards away. Right. And you did. Because I wanted us to get a double because we had put in a long day that oh, day. Yeah. That was brutal. That that was the same day as the MUFON guy. Was it? Yes. Oh, it was oh the same gosh. exact trip. <laughs> yeah. So we had, same road. We were just yeah, happy we, to be we alive. We were mentally scarred. You know, we <laughs> yeah. were. Yeah. We were, <laughs> we were, yeah, we probably should have been just happy to be alive. But um, so. I made a good shot. Like, yep. I made a good shot, and I anchored that bird right then and there. Mm-hmm. And so then all the other ones were stayed right there close enough. And then I remember just watching you, just like realizing, like, oh crap, like I've got an opportunity here. Yeah. And you're like putting your release on as fast they as you can. They were on the decoys. They were on the dead bird. They were everywhere, and I was trying to get my release on. And you go for the Magnus bullhead, which is a that was a bold that move. That was a bold move, Cotton. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and. Uh, I remember just that. It was more epic to see the bird's head come flying off mm-hmm. than it was when I when I shot, and we, that was just a great double. Yeah, they were just going crazy, and I got super lucky that for whatever reason, at one second they just paused for half a like a half a split second. Yeah, and I made a good shot. Yes, sir. That was a that was a that was a fun one, and then another another sort of kind of different type of double was um do you remember the one um kind of in central oregon where there were two toms we set up um in the dark in the morning Mm -hmm. which we do do sometimes but i I like like with with all my hunting because i hunting and fishing and everything like that i usually like to give give the animals the morning and i also like to sleep yeah you're getting (laughs) you're getting old so (laughs) yeah um (laughs) but that one we kind of had no choice but to set up you know early early in the morning and yep. stuff and um it seems like i can't remember exactly well what happened was we had the jake out and we had like three or four hen decoys out and 95 percent of the time that you know the gobblers will come to the to the jake or to the shredder or whatever and 
for whatever reason, the hen, the hens came off the roost first, and they kind of mingled with the decoys for a while, and then they they started they started leaking out to the side, and mm-hmm. um, and then the toms came in kind of after them, so they came in pretty pretty hurriedly, and and um, and they they sort of followed the followed the hens out, and then they stopped at a hen decoy, which they almost never do. They usually stop at a, at the, the Jake or whatever. Yeah. And they stopped at a hen decoy on the left, and I had no shot with my bow, and we had the gun with us in case we made a mediocre shot with the bow or something. Yeah. We didn't have a shot or something. And so I remember since I was up, I, I shot one with the shotgun, because um, that's the only only shot that I had. And, and then you made a phenomenal shot on the other one with your bow. Well, what happened was, so that was... Um... You made a good shot, and the the bird went down. Mm-hmm. And there was only two two toms, and the other tom, which was way out of range, yep. came running back up to. It's just so bizarre that they do that, and it just weird. like starts humping. I was like, dude, that's They're your weird. brother. Yeah, you know, it's a, like picture that like in a like in human terms or whatever like that. You know, <sighs> it's, it's like you walk into a bar, you're hitting on some chicks or whatever like that, and then you know some you get knocked your, out by some guy, <laughs> or your head yeah. your head gets cut off or whatever, and then your brother. <laughs> brother starts like humping the corpse <laughs> anyways he was a sicko so you made him pay for being weird but you got irritated with me do you remember that because you're you're sitting there telling me like the, the other one's there and he's like hum, he's like humping the one and i'm like dude i can't see him yeah i can't see him at all and then finally i look you know hard out of the side of the blind and i'm like i see him but i don't have a shot whatsoever <laughs> And instead of you like gently pulling, you know, opening the window and stuff like that, you're just like, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> just grab the whole blind. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it practically pulled it up out of, <laughs> off of its stakes and made this like giant window for me. You I know? really went for it. <laughs> yeah, you did. Yeah. And so then I was, drew back and I, I made, made a, a shot. killer shot. And so killer shot with that was a fun double. And those were kind of Miriam's. Those were Miriam's, mm-hmm. weren't they? Yep. And stuff like that. Well, yeah, and at that same place, remember, I don't know if it was the year before, but one, another year there, uh, we did another morning hunt. And I remember those Miriam Toms coming in and they were just gorgeous. Like that was spectacular. I, and I filmed that, um, but that one didn't work out that great. They, they came in just absolutely straight at the blind and... You know, our decoys were so close and the lighting was kind of bad and everything mm-hmm. like that. I remember you just trying to get your bow drawn and it's like they weren't having it. No, they weren't having it. And it's like it's opening day. But, you know, I I love that about turkeys. And like we we I mean, I love that that that's a difficult part about them. And I don't care if those turkeys are in the absolute middle of the wilderness or if they're in a freaking five yard, you know, pasture, I mean, a five, a five acre pasture turkeys are turkeys turkeys are turkeys like they they the interaction with the decoys and everything like that and they they still are they are no slouches like when it comes to trying to get your bow drawn and stuff like that like even when we're talking about them being distracted because they're working the decoys i mean they don't let you get away with much no that's for sure so yeah it's like um i've seen some i saw some some memes on facebook um, people talk, you know, people that hunt bears in the spring and they're like, you know, all right, you, you know, all you sissies that are hunting turkeys and stuff yeah, like put that. Put your skirts you know. on. And, yeah, you know. exactly. So, well, meanwhile, I saw, I saw a picture of, of, um, some people last year, like a bragging picture about how they've got bears at their bait, bait pile, 
while they're archery hunting and they're on the ground, not in tree stands. And they're like doing a selfie with the bear in the background and stuff like that. Well, do you think you could do that with a big Tom? No, absolutely not. Like they are, their vision is, is amazing. And they, they are constantly yeah. hunted. They just don't, they, we, they don't have it. We always say like turkeys are as easy or as hard as, as you want to make them. Yeah. Like if you want to, hunt some smaller pieces of prop- private property like like take up archery hunting and you're going to get more permission and you know the birds might not be ultra ultra wild but they they decoy they come to a call and it's never easy with a bow yeah you know or you can take a shotgun and go into the middle of the wilderness yeah yeah and that's and they're both both super fun mm-hmm. like uh you know, sitting at the base of a tree with a shotgun, it's, that's a, there's a lot of freedom. Yeah. Um, with that and a vis- visibility and stuff. Like, I even... And less movement you can get away with. Like, yeah. Like, we get away with yep. a lot in a blind. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I I, know, I love that about, about blinds, for sure. But that's another good point about getting permission. We've gotten far more permissions at places when we said that we're archery hunters. Mm-hmm. And... Um, you know, it's if it's a great big huge piece of property, then then they don't, they don't really care. Yeah, but, but if there's livestock properties. or smaller properties, yeah, I would encourage people to be able to hunt with either weapon, and you're gonna have more opportunities. Yeah, and I'll be the first to admit that we ha- we have so few few opportunities. You know, and like you said, we're an hour and a half from the nearest turkeys. Mm-hmm. We have so few opportunities that we we take what we can get. Like we're not proud when it comes to like I love watching interaction. You know with turkeys and the decoys that i mean if if we get permission on a 10 acre spot you know that's surrounded by more 10 acre places and stuff like that i have zero problem with that and it's still we don't have too many of those but on occasion yeah you're right and especially last year we had some we we got to hunt on some nice nice big properties but you know it's not it's not wilderness hunting that's for sure yeah, I remember last year I had, you know, probably more of a rough rough season than I've, than I've had in a while. Um, started off, do you remember the tom that came in pretty well, a solo tom? And I made a horrible shot on that. And that made me so, so mad. I was so mad at myself that I was just ready to quit quit hunting. So that was the one where he, he came in and then he decided that he wasn't going to deal with the decoy and he started quartering away. And he's walking away. So I probably shouldn't even take the shot. But we were so far from home and I was so desperate. And I, I might maybe get a little overconfident at times. And I took a shot and I hit him. It wasn't a great shot. And then I think I took another shot when he was at, at about 40 yards or so. And then <laughs> I just remember, so that turkey's running. And I, I probably told this story already, probably even on our podcast. I don't know. But um I remember that turkey's running and he's like 60, 70, 80 yards away and he runs up and over the hill and out of sight. And I'm getting on my knees and drawing my bow back and you're like, what in the hell are you doing? And then I let the arrow go and I just watched the arrow fly over the hill and out of sight. And then and we heard a sound. <laughs> yeah, a big bunch of feathers. Saw the feathers fly and then heard so the sound. It was, that, yeah, that was, that was pure luck. But I was still... Super, we recovered that turkey and even that wasn't a great shot but i i was so mad at myself you know i was and and i get i get to to those points where i get really 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 hard on myself especially when it comes to not making quick clean kills so i 
you know, just about rode off turkey hunting. I just about, you know, quit for the last season and stuff. And I remember at the very, very end of the season, I went and you couldn't go or you were, you might have already killed your birds. And I went on a solo hunt and I was um, going to try to get these birds on their way back to the roost. Yeah. And um, I watched them. Well, first of all, I knew where they were. They were several hundred yards away, but I was close to the trees, so that so they would be they would have to come back close to me, whether I could get them to come up and work my decoys or not. And I remember at that point, I had a tag, one tag left, and I was told myself, "I'll shoot any, I'll shoot a Jake." Like I just I like eating turkeys, yeah. And I don't I had a tag, so I didn't want to waste it. And um, so, and I and hunting at that same spot previously, I'd had several Jakes come in. And you and I had, didn't we have like 14 jakes or something mm-hmm. like that come in at some point? Um, not, you know, within a, within a mile of that spot. So um, these jakes, they wouldn't, they wouldn't come in. And I'm like, you got to be kidding me. Like here it is the last day and the, the last evening. And I can't even get a jake to come in to fill my tag. And I was like super pissed. And then finally like, okay, there's still a tom out there. And then... Um, I remember at one point too, I unzipped my blind and, and kind of stood up and I'm like, oh crap, here they come, you know, here, here comes some and um, couldn't get anything to come in. For, for some reason, I just, I, I don't know why I was just like struggling, struggling like crazy and couldn't get it, couldn't even get a Jake to come in. And I was texting you like every three minutes yeah, because yeah. I had scouted as well and we yeah. kind of knew what they were going to do. Well, and, and you, I was like, you, you got them yet? You have them yet? And, yeah. and I'm just getting all this bad news. And there was a big time. Yeah, and a big I, I kind of talked you into going out there and trying it. And yeah, so that's I felt right. bad. I kept pretty much guaranteed that you'd have an opportunity. Yeah. And then I felt bad that it wasn't working out. Yeah. So I remember watching the last turkey fly up into the tree. And so I'm like, well, that that's that. You know, I took my release off. And everything, and I'm again putting, starting to put stuff away, and everything. I unzip the top part of my blind, and I stand up, you know, and I'm like, "Oh crap!" Like it feels like it is way, way later in the evening than I've ever seen a turkey fly up. And here's a great big, huge tom, just coming right up the trail, look right, you know, looking right at my decoys. And I'm just like, Dave, get your release on. Focus here. Make a good shot. Like, this would make your whole season. Like, this would fix your life. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and I got my release on, and he came in. And he wasn't, you know, he wasn't super aggressive like, you know, they, yeah. they usually aren't. Rarely aren't that in, late. In the, yeah. And we've made that mistake, too, thinking that they're going to put on a big show in the evenings. Yep. The most we've got is Quick a couple look. kicks, yeah. and then that's it. Mm-hmm. So I kept that in mind and stuff. And came in he came in and i i actually made a good shot i remember i didn't know i had made a good shot yeah i I shot and he ran out of sight um only he only ran 10 feet but but where he was he was instantly into the brush and i remember texting you saying like i made a shot the shot felt pretty good it's a it's the big tom i can't i can't believe it i was like you got him like, yeah, do you feel like, good you about it? dave's kind of a pessimist and i'm an optimist and he, <laughs> if he thinks he made a good shot i was like you got him yeah, and I and I remember I finally got got out of the blind and walked over there and and looked through the brush and there it was laying right there. Yeah. So, so I kind of felt like that salvaged my my season. Yeah, I remember getting that that text once you finally like you sent me a picture of the beard I think, and I was I was stoked. That yeah. It happened. 
I was pretty shocked and I was pretty happy and, and I couldn't believe it. And, you know, that's just one of those things, too. I, you know, I just like with a lot of things, I just I didn't put a single picture of it on social media. I didn't tell really tell too many people or anything like that. Um, and now here I'm telling, you know, both of our podcast listeners, you know, <laughs> <laughs> which is like what your mom and yeah. and my wife. Uh -huh. you know, so maybe my daughter if I, yeah. when I pay her. Um, yeah, it's just one of those things. It's just, you know, there's certain things like in hunting and fishing where they're just kind of kind of private and, you know, and I, I don't really feel the need to share every everything all the time. So, but I'll tell you what, I I went back there a week ago, um, my wife and I, to check in and say hi to the landowner. And, uh, you know, the and his wife opens, you know, opened the door and I'm like, uh, is Dan here? And uh, she's like, um, my husband passed away. And I, that was just shocking. Like, you know, he was a super, super great guy and just yeah, super nice and everything like that. And, and she was like, yeah, he, he got COVID. And, uh, and I remember they were, you know, it's just always a super family oriented, mm -hmm. you know, they're just super nice people and everything like that. And it's just kind of sad at that point. It kind of, some of that stuff kind of hits, hits home or whatever. And, you know, you always hear about like, like oh, it's just only elderly people or stuff like that. But, you know, she was just, she was just she was the saddest I've I've yeah. seen anybody like and she just, she couldn't help but cry cry right there and I was just I felt really bad and I just I just told her you know well our family will pray for you and your family and, and that totally you know you'll be together again in paradise and and she was really thankful for that and stuff but yeah you know, it was just kind of sad really sad so but well enough about these turkeys. <laughs> Let's talk about what I really came here for. Okay. On my first and probably only. First and last. Yeah, yeah. Now it will be. It's okay. I'm putting it all on the line. Okay. So years ago, I told you, you're not allowed to retire until you make us a duck floater. Oh, a duck floater. Yeah. What what species? Mallard. Mallard? What, what do you mean? Mallards. Is, that the, is that the only duck there is? No, or like no that? I mean, if, if it was up to you and I would probably do Widgeon, but I think we got to do Mallard because you do want to sell some decoys. Well, and, and you promised me you'd do it okay. before one of us died. Yeah. And it's getting to the point I'm ready to like fake having gallbladder issues or something like that <laughs> in order to get you to start on it before I perish. So Yeah. Well... Yeah, you know, I, I kind of think I probably, I probably owe you that. I think um, so. You, you have state been. record turkey, and yeah, I called in that big elk for you. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, you did, you did do that. Um, yeah, well, you know, I, I guess I just, I guess I'll just do it. Okay. Um, and uh, we better spring it on Brad because I don't. You know, Br Brad is, Brad is my. I, I just love that guy. Like he, everybody loves Brad. Everybody loves Brad. Brad has been, Brad is, is a, Brad is just a gift from God. And so is Greg and so is Tim and so is Scott and, you know, everybody that I work with, I am so lucky and so blessed and everything like that. But, um, you know, Brad is, a, he's the ultimate partner in that he, you know, he just, he's like, he is like the definition of a, of a partner. Like I, I try to support him and he tries to support me. And if Brad made the, the decision to go buy a, a new building or something like that, and, you know, borrow money, borrow money to do it or whatever it is, I mean, I would just, it would just be like, well, I, you know, you're my partner. I, I trust you and stuff like that. And, you know, he is, he has the same attitude towards me when it comes to projects. And he knows that, 
he knows that you know part of me is kind of artsy a little bit i pretend i'm artsy i guess and um i get some projects like in my in my head that just have to come out yeah they just have to come out yep and you know i think that mallard floater that's just one of them and you know for it's for steve mirandis and gary miller and jerry burns and stuff too like you know that the, the whole clack pack and michael park and ronald park and those guys have you know they've been been waiting just like you for the longest time and and they're so disappointed every year when i haven't made a mallard floater so i would say my only slight you know hang-ups are you know first off whether we should do that as a blow molded decoy or a rotomolded decoy and which means you know rotomolded means we can do it here but we we would have we don't really have a great way of doing a keeled decoy we've never done it i don't know that we can and if it's blow molded then we have to do it in china like that that's the right. only that's the only choice that's the unfortunately there's there's no there's no place that will that's willing to do blow molded painted pro- products for us in the united states so um so we'd have to decide that and then the other thing is, is we would have to decide if we want it flocked you know fully flocked or just the head flocked or not flocked at all or offer both or or some other alternative to flocking so i mean like so i guess you know what what would you prefer well we'd have to do some field testing (laughs) how did i know you were gonna say that um yeah i'm you know i'm i'm totally confident that i can do the sculpture yeah and i'm totally confident that i know which poses to do and i love duck hunting myself i'm totally confident on what size to make them and i think there are the industry even though there are some there are some world-class carvers that have done there's just been some beautiful carvings uh, i do think there is some room for improvement there is yeah a lot of the decoys nowadays look great to the human eye but birds just don't quite react to them the way that they quote unquote maybe should yeah or maybe the way that they the geese do to goose decoys exactly the way that we expect so you know whether that's the the paint or the what the, the the fit and finish whatever whatever it may be the carving i don't know but yeah um i know that you guys can improve upon it i mean for the longest time snow goose decoys were just white goose decoys right and then but i've i've never seen birds react the way that they did to to your snow goose decoys yeah and so i know that i know that what's out there can be improved upon there's no doubt you know like on the white snow goose decoys it's like you know everybody just made them pure 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 white really cool bright white for the longest Mm -hmm. time and i i remember just taking you know freshly killed snow geese and putting them next to a bunch of other decoys and just it's just like anybody on earth could look at that and see a massive difference and and it will be no time before all the other snow goose decoy manufacturers make them off white and that's um that's okay you know i would rather be (laughs) i mean i'd rather be that person than the one you know falling and trying to catch up or whatever imitation Um, is the best form of flattery right yeah yeah yeah, and and there's plenty of other things that I'm inspired by. I mean, like there's been some, you know, I'm like a huge fan of like you know Rick Johansson, like who carves for uh, Avian X, mm-hmm. and he's a great guy, a friend of mine. And um, you know, there's a lot of other decoys out there that that I'm 
you know, inspired by and, and stuff. I love deception decoys on the whole group of people, um, there and they've done some innovative things. And, and, um, you know, I, I, you know, we're, we're not the sole, you know, leaders in the industry and stuff like that. And we're not, you know, the end all be all. (laughs) Well, I can tell you for sure. There's good people in some of these other companies. There's, there's bad people. There's some companies that are, you know, that are just kind of, kind of make it tough to, you know, have a good uh, outlook on the world and stuff like that. People that just companies that just sit back and wait, wait for us or other companies to, you know, be innovative, and they just don't have an R and D department um, because they're just waiting for us, you know, to see what we come up with. And you know, it's like parasite companies, and that there is. There is that in every single industry and that that's never going to change and stuff. But I wouldn't want to be the person who has to go home and face my daughter and face my wife and look her in the eye and say, you know, and say that, oh, I, I waited for this other company to, you know, to come up with this. And now we're copying it and we're, you know what I mean? I, I mean, and here's an example. I don't mind saying this, you know, out, out loud. And I know that I know that Yeti isn't the, the inventor of the cooler. Or anything like that, and you know, and there's other companies that have been super innovative, and I, I know Angle for one of them when it comes to coolers and stuff like that. But then you get a company like Arctic, and they just literally wait for Yeti to 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 do all the R and D and hard work and testing and take the the risks, the market risks, and see what they come up with, and then just copy them. And it's just it's pathetic. And so it's just like, you know, for that reason, it's just like, I'll, I'll always buy Yeti. I, you know, I just, that's, that's that. Yeah. And, and Sitka and there's other, there's other companies. I mean, you know, there's a, there's a few of them out there that have really broken a lot of ground. And, and then there's others that, you know, that just wait for them to do that. So, so now that you've put me on the spot, I'll put you on the spot. Oh boy. So. Why don't you, and this would be something so that this podcast can actually be beneficial to some of our listeners. Um, you know, you you pick these things up pretty fast and, and you know, you said you're a jack of all trades and a master of none. And I, you know, I I don't know about a master of none, but, you know, what what is your, you know, you're pretty successful at all these different things. And so what would you say, you know, what would you say is your approach to, to, you know, just anything in hunting and fishing or anything new or anything like that, you know, and like what, what makes you successful? And that, that one will put you on the spot right there. Okay. Yeah, that will. Um, (laughs) I'm, I'm a pretty competitive person to start. And, um, as weird as it sounds, hunters will get this, like, I, I love animals. Like I love wildlife and I'm intrigued by them. And, um, you know, the unfortunate part is in order for us to hunt them and eat them, like they have to, they have to die. Um, but I am, I'm just really, I, I go all in on the, on the research and, um, I'm just kind of really tenacious about, um, you know, getting educated about what, what, whatever salmon fishing, turkey hunting, duck hunting, whatever it may be, mule deer hunting. Um, and I just kind of, kind of go for it. And sometimes I wish I wasn't interested in all of it because then I could spend more time getting educated and getting better and, and honing, down to like you know being like the white brothers or somebody who they're really known for this you know, couple particular things that they're 
the yeah. best at. Yep. Um, yeah. But I have too much fun chasing everything. bass and turkeys in the spring and, and spring chinook and summer steelhead and then comes archery elk and rifle deer and then ducks and geese and repeat the whole process and i just have you know i get i have add so i get distracted by the next thing and go hard at that as long as that lasts so yeah right on well and what i've noticed about you is one is you practice you do anything you possibly can in the in the off season like i know with your duck with your duck hunting you just pra- and elk calling and everything like that you just practice 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 all mm-hmm. the time so and yeah. then you do tons of research yeah i do so tons of research and tons of legwork and stuff and you'll you'll even find a place to hunt in the most bizarre ways you know like just really super innovative and then so and another thing about you is what, what i've noticed and i just don't know if anyone can do anything about about this if they don't already have a really good memory but you remember every little detail like we will we will set up um for whatever for whatever it is and you will remember every little detail about what we did before and what did or didn't work and i i'm kind of bad about that like i just kind of go with my gut and my instincts and stuff like that like i i'd say like when i'm setting up for for geese i i'm 100 percent confident i have total confidence when i'm mm-hmm. setting up for geese because I, there's something inside me that just knows what to do and, it, and i feel good about it and stuff and it, it doesn't always work but i i feel really really confident in that but it's that's nothing to do with memory or remembering um things but you remember those details and that's a really really good skill to have and and you know some of the other even the details about how to how to how to find these places that we were at before and and the the names of all the landowners landowners and, yeah you know, on all that stuff and then you're super resourceful on i mean i'm i know you've contacted like the dnr in several different states and you'll talk to them for a long time stuff like that you're a total people person like with me i'm like an introvert i don't like talking to people and my hearing is really 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 bad so uh. it's just you know that part makes it really really tough i know yeah. tons of people that have gotten great permission at places like by meeting somebody in a bar and talking to them and all that stuff and you've done that and stuff like that I, that will never happen for me i mean i've, I've tried so well, we make a good team. We cancel each other out. Yeah, for sure. Well, and you, I feel like I'm the little kid with the backpack on, like trying to run, run up to the door, or run out and put the blind out. And Dave's like, hang on, wait a second. Let's talk this thing through. You're right, though, about how we, we cancel each other out. And that does yeah. help because my, my goose hunting has made me ultra conservative. Yep. Like, and so when it comes and to your elk, blacktail hunting, yeah, I'm a blacktail hunting. Yeah. Like I, I do not like with blacktail hunting, I I. I give them the mornings. I just don't. And I do not go into their creepy little crittery, you know, hidey holes. I don't go into their bedroom and all that stuff. I don't, I, you'll never hear me say I shot that great big buck because he made, I was waiting for him to make a mistake or whatever like that. Like they, they don't make mistakes. They just do what animals do. And, um, and I, I just do not like penetrating in, um, any of those places and, and all that stuff. And, um, and then that's bad when it comes to elk hunting because with elk now with you you want to charge right in there and just like let's call let's let's call like what are we here for let's (laughs) get stuff done (laughs) exactly (laughs) came here to mess stuff up (laughs) exactly and that has helped us a lot of times especially when it comes to like uh to elk but turkeys too you know because turkeys too i will i'm the guy (laughs) that just doesn't want to bump anything and i don't want to educate anything and all that stuff so there'll be times where we set up set up the whole setup and we sit there for like 
15, 20 minutes, half hour, an hour to let things settle down. And then I'll be like, can we please call? And then we call and then we hear gobble. And two minutes later, we have a bird in the decoy. Yeah, yeah. And then half of the time that doesn't work at all. But well, and, and when I'm deer hunting, you are texting me saying like, well, rattle, did you rattle, yeah. rattle. Yeah. Did you just rattle. And I have had, I've had entire seasons where I didn't rattle one time. You know, I, I don't think like last year I killed two, you two big, up, two big bucks, um, two big bucks with my bow because I had two, two tags and I didn't rattle a single time. I know. So it happened. So. All right. Well, Justin, I appreciate you, you coming on, especially at the last minute um, so much. And it was just fun to fun to catch up with you. And, and I'm looking forward to, you know, the turkey season is just next month. So we'll be able to live all this here really soon. Appreciate you having me on. That was fun. Right on. Take care, buddy. Well, thanks for listening to this episode of DSD Hunting Podcast. Um, We'd really appreciate you helping us grow this podcast. Subscribe on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts, or even just share on social media. Uh, that goes a long ways. We'd love the chance to keep bringing fresh content. So if you don't already, follow us, Dave Smith Decoys, on Instagram and Facebook for updates on new episodes. We'll have opportunities for customers to get involved, too, with the conversation and ask questions. So keep an eye out every Friday for new episodes. And thank you so much for all your support and for listening to us.